0: If Jesus Christ were to be an olive branch, would you want to be in his presence? Would there be an appeal? Would there be something that would draw you out of your home to go and to be in his presence? There are a lot of things that could be said about Jesus Christ. And there seems to me to have been an appeal to a lot of people. Wherever Jesus went, multitudes followed him. Great crowds of people. The Bible talks about how the common people heard him gladly. The crowds heard him gladly. So tonight I want us to think for a minute or two about the appeal of Jesus. I want to begin by talking about the magnetism. Of Jesus. What was it that drew people to Jesus? First, I want to talk about his appearance. And there are probably a lot of people that have questions, many of us have questions about what did Jesus look like? Was there something extraordinary about his appearance? Well, Isaiah in chapter 53 said, speaking of the Messiah, to come he said there is no beauty that we should desire him I think what Isaiah was saying Jesus would not look any different than the common person nothing extraordinary about his looks he wouldn't come looking like a movie star that wouldn't be the appeal. But rather, there was something that appealed to people about Jesus. It wasn't necessarily what people saw on the exterior, but I think there was something much more, much deeper than the physical. And you can go back and you can read Isaiah chapter 53. And Isaiah talks, as I mentioned a moment ago, About his physical appearance. But what was it that attracted people to Jesus? What was the attraction? You have to understand that the Bible talks about those who sought occasion to be in his presence. In John chapter 12, the Bible talks about some Grecians that came to Philip. And they said, Sir, we would see Jesus. And I think what they were saying is, we would like to have some time with Jesus. We would like to have the opportunity to be in His presence. And no doubt, probably, to confer with Him. To find out more about Him. I suspect that we would have liked to have had that same opportunity were we living in the first century. Do you remember in John chapter 3 when Nicodemus, and Nicodemus was a ruler among the Jewish people. He came to Jesus by night. And he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. For no one can do the miracles which you do unless God be with him. So his great works no doubt impressed a lot of people. And that served as a drawing power to him. But then what about his character? The Bible talks about the character of Jesus. And there are certain characteristics that no doubt appealed to people, attracted people. In Mark chapter 1, do you remember when Jesus was asked by a man who was a leper? Who was a leper. To heal him. And the Bible talks about how Jesus was moved with compassion. Jesus was a person of compassion. I think he could have identified with the plight of people. Their hurts. Their anguish. The Bible talks about not only was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, compassionate. He was a being of love. Jesus would say, greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. The Bible tells us that God is love. Jesus, as the second member of the Godhead, was a being of love. He is a being of love. So you think about, here is Jesus. He's compassionate. The Bible talks about his love, his affection for the human family. And then the Hebrew writer tells us, speaking of Christ, that he was holy, harmless, undefiled. His purity would have been a drawing power. You think about the Romans who lived and their godless godless lives. And the fact that Jesus came into the world, he was born into a world in which the Romans were in power. So here is this being who stands out, head and shoulders above other people. Peter would tell us that Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, nor was guile or deceit found in his mouth. So, again, pictures of Jesus. To me, that Or maybe those statements about him would have served as an attraction. And no doubt you could couple with that the great lessons that he taught. All the things that he taught. All the things that he did. Jesus was quite a person. He was a unique individual, wasn't he? Do you remember John said, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us? And he said, we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here we find Jesus, the only begotten of God, a being of grace and truth. All of these characteristics help us to see what drew people to Him. Now there's a second thing I want you to think about in our study. We talk about the magnetism of Jesus. What was it that attracted people to him? Was it just his physical appearance? But Rather, I think it was those inward qualities that served to draw people to him. What about the message of Jesus? Do you remember John said in John chapter 7 verse 46, In his biography of the Lord, he said no man ever spoke like this man. What he said about the Lord was true. I don't know of anyone that has ever lived on planet earth that has ever said things quite like Jesus. First, I think about his authority. He spoke words of authority, didn't he? Back in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, of course had begun his earthly ministry. In chapters 5, 6, and 7, we have what is typically referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. In chapter 5, six times Jesus says in that monumental sermon, you have heard that it hath been said by them of old time. Each and every time he would say, you've heard that it has been said by them of old, but I say unto you, Inserting what? Divine authority. Did Jesus have authority? Absolutely. In chapter 7, when he had concluded this great sermon, the Bible says that those who were assembled on that occasion were astonished because he taught them as one having authority and not as one of the scribes. When Jesus went up into the mountain and was transformed in the presence of Peter, James, and John. The Bible says that a voice came forth from heaven. God the Father spoke on that occasion, and He said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And then He said, Hear Him. Pointing us in the direction of Jesus, the one who has all authority. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus said, All authority, all power has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, that God today speaks to us through His Son, doesn't He? And so Paul would say, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, you do it by His authority. So Jesus Spoke words of authority. He had been vested with all authority. And then I think about the fact that he spoke words of affection. Jesus had great love for the human family. In John chapter 13 verse 34. He said a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Even as I have loved you that you also love one another. The depth of love that Jesus demonstrated in going to the cross. And again, I mentioned a moment ago, the fact that Jesus said, greater love has no one than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. So Jesus was a being who spoke words of love, didn't he? And the fact that he cared about the human family, I think, underscores his great love. He talked a lot about the love of God, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What the Lord wanted was people to love Him. As John said, we love Him because He first loved us. God the Father first loved us. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, loves us equally as well. And then I think about His words of admission. You ever thought about Some of the things that Jesus admitted to. For example, in John chapter 4, when Jesus met a woman at Jacob's well, he engaged in a lengthy conversation with that woman. They talked about her past. And then the subject changed from her marital relationship and the living water that Jesus had to offer to the place of worship. The Bible tells us in verse 25 this woman said, I know that the Messiah, which is the Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. Imagine that. Jesus admitting to this woman that he was the Messiah. In John chapter 9, when Jesus gave sight to a man that had been born blind, there was a great dispute that occurred among the religious leaders, and they were agitated because of what had had occurred. And in that context, toward the end of the chapter, Jesus asked the man to whom he had given sight, Do you believe in the Son of God? His response, Lord, who is he that I may believe in him? And Jesus said, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking to you. Two times Jesus admits that he is the Son of God. Do you remember when he asked the disciples, who do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they began to say, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then he asked the question, but whom do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. What did Jesus do? Did he rebuff him for that? Did he say, you're out of line, Peter? No, he said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood is not revealed unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Jesus was and is the Son of God. So I think about the fact that he admitted to his deity. In John chapter 5, he would talk about the great miracles that he performed. And he said, the very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So here is Jesus, the Son of God. John the Baptist identified him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So, we talk about the fact that this was God's only son. And then his assurances. The Lord spoke words of forgiveness. Who else had that ability? Can you think of anybody? Do you remember in Mark chapter 2 when... Jesus healed a man. And he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And the question was raised, who can forgive sins but God? Guess what? The very one that had done that was God in the flesh. So in Mark 2.10, Jesus said, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Jesus had the ability to forgive sins, didn't he? In Luke 23, when Jesus was crucified between two thieves, the Bible says when they came to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, the thieves, one on the right hand, the other on the left. After a period of time had elapsed on the cross, one of the thieves said to Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus then said, today you will be with me in paradise. Only the Lord had the power to make a statement like that. And then I think about what Jesus said in Mark 16, verse 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. Again, the Lord speaking words of forgiveness. And he's saying to those of us who live under the new covenant, the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 2. Every person living under the law of Christ has to put their faith and trust in Jesus as a son of God. Because he said, except you believe that I'm he, you'll die in your sins, John 8, 24. He said, if you die in your sins, where I go, you cannot come, John 8, verse 21. We must be willing to repent of every sin. On Pentecost Day, the apostle Peter, the other other apostles, they took the keys to the kingdom and they opened the doors to the kingdom of God. Those people on that occasion, they cried out after having heard the first gospel sermon, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So today, those of us who want to be forgiven, we have to do just what they did 2,000 years ago. Nothing more, nothing less. If we do what they did 2,000 years ago, then we become what they were. What was that? Simply New Testament Christians. Members of the body of Christ, Acts 2, verse 47. And we have to be a part of the body of Christ because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Savior of the body, Ephesians 5, verse 23. Not only did he speak words of forgiveness, but he spoke words... About the future. Before leaving his disciples in John chapter 14. The Lord said let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. He said if it were not so I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again. Receive you unto myself that where I am. There you may be also. In that same context, in verse 6, Jesus would say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The way home is through Jesus Christ. The road to salvation, that road is only through one person, Jesus, the Son of God. And so we talk about His words of forgiveness, His words about the future. And you think about, For 2,000 years, people have been talking about being forgiven by Jesus. They've talked about this future with Jesus. The Bible tells us that we have an inheritance. It is incorruptible. It is undefiled. It fades not away. And Peter said, it is reserved in heaven for you. The Lord wants us to be saved, doesn't He? He wants us to enjoy forgiveness of sins. He wants us to have a future with Him. And we can have that. And then there's a third thing I would share with you, and that has to do with the miracles of Jesus. The passage that was read a moment ago in Mark chapter 7. Jesus, of course, performed many, many miracles. The Bible tells us in John chapter 20, verse 30, many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through His name. In the book of John, there are seven signs. All affirming the deity of Christ. There are seven I Am statements. When I think about the great miracles, the great works that Jesus did. I'm reminded that Jesus Christ demonstrated power over nature. Who alone but God has the power over the created universe. The Bible tells us with regard to nature. When I think about the world in which we live, I'm reminded of an account spoken of by Matthew in chapter 8. And Matthew tells us that on one occasion, Jesus stilled the winds and the sea And the response was, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and sea obeying. Do you remember in John chapter 6 when Jesus walked on the water? Demonstrating his power over nature. And by the way, he is the one who upholds all things by the word of his power. Nature is under his control. In John chapter 2, the Bible talks about Jesus turning water into wine at a marriage feast in Cana of Galilee. He did this, and this was, as John said, the very first sign that he did, and it manifested forth his glory. So he demonstrated his power over nature, over matter, and then I think about the fact that he fed multitudes of people. In John chapter 6, the Bible talks about how he fed thousands of people, some 5,000. 5,000 men with five barley loaves and two small fish. And then what about the disabilities that people had in the first century? Jesus demonstrated his power over those who were, as we would say, disabled. I mentioned a moment ago, Mark chapter 7, the passage that was read a moment ago. In this context, the Bible tells us in verse 32 that they brought to him one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And do you know what Jesus did? The Bible says he healed that man. In verse 36, the text says, Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. And then verse 37. Here's the commentary. They were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. There are people today that claim to have the ability to perform the miraculous. But you'll never see a person today equipped with that kind of power because no one has that ability today. But Jesus had the ability to heal those who were disabled. Here's a man that was deaf, couldn't speak, and Jesus healed him. In John chapter 9, I mentioned a moment ago, a man who was born blind. The disciples, they asked the question, who sinned, this man? Or his parents. Well, neither, Jesus said. Jesus gave sight to this blind man. And so he had that kind of ability. And then what about the various sicknesses and diseases that are spoken of in Scripture? In Matthew chapter 4, and about verse 23, when Jesus began his earthly ministry, the Bible says he healed all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. You can go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and read of the number of people that came into contact with Jesus who had physical maladies. They were physically sick. They had diseased bodies. And what did Jesus do? He had the power to heal those people. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus demonstrated His power over demons, driving out the demons that plagued a man. And then He said, go home and tell your friends. What great things the Lord has done for you. And then the Bible tells us that Jesus demonstrated his power over death. John chapter 11. Do you remember when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? When he called him out of the tomb? Now I want to ask you. Had you lived in the first century and you had seen all these great things. And you had had the opportunity to listen to Jesus. What would you have said? What would have been your response? What conclusions would you have drawn? Is it not the case that we size people up today? We observe their conduct. We listen to what they have to say. Sometimes we'll say, you know what? He or she is a great business person. Or he or she has a tremendous ability To deal with numbers. Sometimes we talk about how somebody is a gifted surgeon. And on and on and on. What would your your conclusion have been? Would you have found Jesus appealing? Would he have appealed to you? What would it have been that would have drawn you in? We talk about his magnetism. I don't think it was his physical looks per se, but I do think it was those inward qualities that he manifested. And then I think about his great message that obviously resonated with a lot of people and continues to resonate, and then his great miracles, all the miracles that Jesus performed. No wonder the centurion said when Jesus died on Calvary 2,000 years ago, The centurion said, truly this man was a son of God. I would hope and pray that that is your conclusion. And I would hope and pray that the appeal of Jesus is always fresh in your life. And that you are constantly trying to know more about him, to know him better personally, and to live for him, and to one day, hopefully and prayerfully, die and go and be with him. If you're here today and you're not a Christian and there is an appeal to you, the appeal is Jesus and the forgiveness that he offers. I want you to know that the Lord is inviting you. He said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. The promise being I'll give you rest. The invitation of the Lord has been ongoing for 2,000 years. And He's inviting you to come and to be a part of Him. What do you need to do? Just what I said a moment ago. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Repent of your sins. Be buried with Him in baptism. Enjoy the forgiveness that is in Christ. Let His blood wash away all your sins, Acts twenty two sixteen. 16. Maybe you're here and you've lost your way. And you know that at one time there had been an appeal in your life with regard to Jesus. At some point in time you had said you would live for him, but you're not living for him today. I want you to know that the Lord's inviting you back home. The prodigal son came to his senses and he went home. My prayer would be that you would come to your senses and come home. John said if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. And the cable strain, will your anchor drift or firm remain? We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love